You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Are we ready? I guess not. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Waited for years. Many doubted we'd ever see it. But here it is. The return to glory. I had, you know, serious doubts after, you know, what transpired a couple of years ago. I could barely walk. I couldn't sit. I couldn't lay down. I really couldn't do much of anything. And Phil Mackey cries in his bourbon. It's Mackey and Judd with Rami here on the all-new Score North on 1500. It was just supposed to be Judd with Rami today. Phil was supposed to be off. He had managerial duties. He had meetings to attend. I mean, I told my suit bosses, pause this meeting. I need to come hang with Rami and Judd and Jonathan and just smile and gloat. And just take it all in. And feel all the feels. And you should. So, So tell us. What do you want to know? Well, Phil was the first person, before Tiger, <laughs> Phil was the first person I congratulated on Twitter when I saw that happen yesterday. I want to know how it feels, and I'm envious, but I want to know how it feels to be young enough, but certainly not a kid, to have a childhood hero achieve something like this when realistically it looked like it was probably, well, at least at least in this big of, of tournament, not going to happen. To the untrained eye, perhaps. It looked, <laughs> looked that way. Oh. Anyway, tell us I how think, I think the official write-that-down prediction from Friday, which you said, Rami said, if it happens, it's a home run. Yes. Because he was, fittingly, in the woods. And yes, he was. was uh, not only was he in the woods, but then like a security guard took out his Achilles tendon. and That was on Friday, right? Friday, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, right around five o'clock local time here, but it feels it's top five most excited I've been as a sports fan, and it's one of those as Judd and I have talked about for years. There's those things that you get attached to when you're eight years old, ten years old. In my case, the first time I ever watched Tiger Woods in a golf tournament, I believe was the 1995 U.S. Open, mm-hmm. and then I watched a couple because he won three straight U.S. Amateur tournaments. So this is about two years before. It might have been the two, the uh, 1996 U.S. Open. It was one of those two in the mid-90s mm-hmm. before he was a big name. Uh, he was several shots over par. And I just remember watching him thinking, this guy is different. First of all, he's black. And this you, don't, you just don't see African Americans in golf, right? He's bombing the ball. He's fist pumping. He's showing energy, and he just he, there was sort of a gravitational pull factor. And he looks like an athlete, correct? Like golfers did yeah. not look like athletes to that point. No, it was a bunch of Duffy Waldorf's and Marco Miras right. in the 1990s, right? And um, and so I started. I believe he won the Masters. He won the Masters in 1997, and I picked up a golf club for the first time on a driving range, Corcoran, Minnesota. Might have been Rogers, technically Pheasant Acres Golf Club, which is still there, a golf course, and. I picked up a golf club specifically because I watched Tiger Woods for three summers and I was hooked. And I sweated every tournament he ever played in, which there wasn't a lot of sweating between 1999 and 2002 because he won almost every tournament mm-hmm. he played in. But I think you get to a certain age and like you don't you don't get as hooked when you're 30 or 40 or 50 years old, right? I mean, Judd doesn't get hooked really, Judd, because Judd has been a beat writer and Judd has been has been stripped of most sports emotions for the most part. <laughs> and Rami, you're you've developed your and around the same age as me, like your Chicago right. Uh, roots. Right. And so what I felt yesterday when it became obvious as everyone else started melting down around Tiger and Stoic Tiger chewing gum was By the em- way, an emotionless robot. The I whole tweeted day. you Saturday. I said if he's in the hunt on the back nine Sunday, please let me know. I did. No, you didn't. He, no, he tweeted you. 
I did. It was way too late. There was like five holes oh, left. And I, was, I, saw I was the like, tweet. oh, Tiger's in the hole. Well, you didn't say when on the back nine. I said, okay. All right. <laughs> I, saw, you saw I was counting I on you. It's up to you to keep track, Rami. I didn't even know that they had moved it up because of the weather. Hashtag <laughs> put a roof on it. No. Um, I love that, by and, the way. And, uh, luckily, I'm addicted to Twitter. So I was on Twitter in the morning and saw that they moved it up. I was like, okay, yeah. let me keep an eye on this. And then I saw that he was in the hunt. I was like, all right, I'll watch. I'll I, stop doing the adult things I had planned for today. I'll just eat this leftover pizza and watch golf. <laughs> I think the best way to sum it up in my long, rambling, gleeful point here is it felt like I was 14-year-old Phil Mackey watching the 1999 PGA Championship against Sergio Garcia ready to go down to the driving range because Tiger Woods summoned me there, right? Like, I felt like a 14-year-old kid watching that yesterday, and I think there was a lot of people that felt the same way. Did you cry? Did, did you I shed a couple of tears. Okay. I didn't ball, but I definitely welled oh, up cool. as Jim Nance was going through his spiel. Yes. I choked up. I'm not nearly the tiger guy that 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 Phil is. I I choked up a little bit. Well, how can you know, when they're showing when they're juxtaposing Tiger Woods hugging his kid and then they fade into Tiger hugging his dad Earl from mm-hmm. 22 years ago. Jim Nance was just out to make people cry yesterday. You know, at the, <laughs> oh, you know what? At the beginning of the broadcast. I think, that, I think this was set up. Well, did you see the beginning, the yeah. Nick Faldo thing? Yes, I did. And I think oh my God. And he made was, Nick Faldo ball on live you know what television. He said, I didn't see the Nick he Faldo said thing. Nick, I want you to cry. Because it got to be like Nick was fine, and then the next thing goes, like, then I remember, then they started crying. It's like this is a setup. Nick was a blubbering mess. Well, no, Jim. If he makes Tony cry, if Tony cries in the football booth, then I'll believe it. <laughs> Tony Romo. Yeah. yeah. No. So at the beginning of the telecast, they had they did this 30th anniversary of Nick Faldo's first ever green jacket montage, mm-hmm. and they come back to the studio, and it's back to Butler Cabin, and there's Nick sitting next to Jim, and Jim said, "When you watch all that back." <laughs> How does that make you feel? Type type question. And Nick Faldo goes, Jim, I, you're going to make me cry. And he's, he's <laughs> It's amazing. But before um, that, he, he recounted basically the whole thing and, and was fine. But you know what that, that was? It's just such a damn good story. Hey, can we... The Tiger thing. Can we also bring in uh, Golf Guy and... Yeah. Well, no longer Hastings, but where are you now, Nick Peters? <laughs> golf Guy and where? GGI blank. Uh, I'm in Bell Plain now. Oh, GGIBP then. Yeah, yeah, we can go with that. Okay. How are you doing, Nick? So Peters? Nick and I, for years I'm on really the show, as Judd mocks us and ridicules us for five years, you and I have been steadfast saying, no, Tiger's not done yet. He will win another major. And so you and I uh, did some back padding on Twitter yesterday. But <laughs> what did you think when you were watching it yesterday as a, as a lifelong Tiger guy? You know, it was it was really amazing because... Honestly, it was the first time since that, you know, that fateful, fateful day after Thanksgiving a number of years ago that you saw the Tiger of old. You saw it when they, you know, they teed off on 12 and the first two dudes hit it in the water. And then after that, Tiger made a couple birdies to, you know, get that one or two shot lead. And everybody around them just seemed to, it just kind of, you know, go into playing and be like, oh, here we go again. Tiger's back. Tiger's going to win. He's going to run away with this thing. And it was the first time that you really, Tiger just kind of had that look in his eye again, finally, where he was like, I've got these guys, I'm going to go for the flesh, and I'm just going to go for the kill right now, and I'm going to take these guys out. And everybody's just afraid of it. It was it was unbelievable to finally see that after all these years of having to struggle through just kind of watching the guy limp around, go out there, and not even really be able to play golf. Just to see that yesterday was, was unbelievable. Dude, it is hilarious. These dudes, so at one point there were five guys tied for the lead with, I don't know, four holes to play or something. These guys like Patrick Cantley who come from behind for two days and it's real easy to pour in 18-foot putts and to pour in 20-foot putts when you're eight strokes back, seven strokes back. And it's like some of these guys looked up on the leaderboard as they were trying to mount these comebacks and they looked up on the leaderboard with three holes to play and were like, oh my God, I'm leading the Masters. And then, boom, they soil themselves because it's really hard to comprehend in front of Thousands and thousands of live spectators and millions of people watching on TV and Tiger Woods lurking on the leaderboard and you're Patrick Cantley and you've never done this before. Oh my God, I'm leading the Masters. Standing over a five-foot putt's a lot different than when no one's really paying attention to you and you're trying to mount a comeback at the Masters. Absolutely. And, and, and the craziest thing about the whole Cantley story is, I don't know if you knew, but he, on 18, on Friday, he made like a 25-footer for birdie to make the cut on the number and then two days later on the 70 you know, 72nd hole, he's he's leading after barely making the cut. It was kind of crazy that that guy did what he did. But, yeah, it was just it was amazing to see these guys just – it was like 
they felt their hands around their throat, you know, being ready to choke, and they couldn't do anything. And there's guys just hitting shots that you hadn't seen them hit for three and a half days. All of a sudden, they're just hitting shots that you're surprised to see. And, you know, the Tiger was in full effect yesterday. Yeah. Well, Nick, especially as Minnesota sports fans around here, it's not often that we get full joy effect in anything. So if we have to go outside of the parameters of Minnesota sports teams to get it and go to Tiger Woods, then then so be it, man. Thanks for uh, Thanks for calling in. You're right. Hey, hey, one thing real quick, you guys. I don't know if you're going to spend any more time on it, but uh, I had a talk with some guys at work today wondering the same thing. Is there any other comeback in sports, you know, that, that somebody was this far down and came back to kind of get to the penultimate level again and, and win like he did and, you know, from where he was basically at not being able to hit a golf ball to, to doing what he did yesterday? I just wonder if you guys had any thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah thanks for the, for the question. What do you guys think? I can't think of one. We're a guy, it was... I mean, Tiger said he just wanted to walk normal again after all the back and neck problems that he had, much less play golf at the highest level on the planet at the biggest tournament on the planet. I don't think I don't think anybody can can say that that they've come back from that. Can they? I will. I will tease Unchained at six o'clock with Patrick Royce for the answer to that question. Ooh, because he goes into detail. Well done. Okay, and it's pretty intriguing. Um, is a is it a it's a team sport? It's athlete a golf, It's another golfer. Actually, I think I know who he's talking about. But who, who was darn near dead at one point. Yeah, that'll be a good talk. Yes. Um, it's, I'm trying but, to think of like football still, players. I mean, but you know what? I, Adrian I, Peterson with the Redskins. I, <laughs> thousand yard run. Yes. <laughs> I don't, I don't think, I don't think that that question is, is that important in the sense that this is just a great story. Like this is a fantastic story. And, and, you know, I immediately saw, and I get it. I saw the tweets about, oh, yes. Tiger's got an interesting past, but let's let's get past that for one second and let's appreciate an athlete for what we should, which is athletic ability, okay? Mm-hmm. Like let's not it's a you problem if you invested yourself in him and and then in his personal life he disappointed you. That's your problem, not his. But if we if we go to that this was an unbelievable athlete who could barely walk at one point, who would who would try and hit the golf ball and drop to the ground in pain, this is just a great sports story, and, and it's great for the sport. Yes, and if I'm burning one of your, uh, if you guys stop me, if I'm burning something you guys are going to dive into later on in the show, because I, I think I'm only doing the one segment here and then have to jump back into managerial meetings and such. Um, <laughs> but what what bothered me, I saw a lot of people yesterday trying to reconcile, well, I don't really like Tiger Woods as a person, and why are we celebrating him as a person? And, well, two things. Number one, to what Judd's saying, it is a wonderful sports story, period. So it, it could just end there. It's a wonderful sports story. But secondly, Tiger didn't murder anybody. Tiger didn't commit any crimes that we know of. Tiger was punished a lot in the public eye for many, many years for his transgressions, cheating on his wife and essentially blowing up his family, right? And I don't know, like, I'm I'm the type of guy that, Within reason, okay, if you murdered somebody, I'm probably not going to give you a second chance. Go to jail, right? But if you make a mistake, if you do something, you make a mistake, I'm going to give you a second chance. Come back, be a better human being, treat people better, learn from your mistakes, and be a redemption story. And if you watched Tiger Woods walk off the course between 1997 and 2008 when he'd win a tournament, you certainly didn't see 10 contemporaries, big smiles, ready to give him the bro hug and the pat on the back, right? Unless I'm misremembering. Um, in fact, Nota Begay III, who's been one of Tiger Woods' longtime best friends, elaborated on just how much more effort Tiger has put in the last five years and just making human connections with other golfers. And like he just understands that you got to be a better person. Um, and when he walks off the course yesterday and... His kids are there. There's 10 or 12 fellow golfers ranging from Bernard Longer and the generation before him all the way down to some of the younger guns, the Justin Thomases and the Patrick Reeds of this era. And those guys all have big smiles and they can't wait to fire off a genuine tweet, right? It's not just it's not just them in it's a hollow way. service. Co- right. Correct. Yes. To me that says he's put in a lot of work and maybe he's not a perfect unflawed human being. I doubt if he is. Is anybody really? Well, 
besides Rami, right? Clearly, mm-hmm. um, I just like I, I, I that turned me off when I saw people trying to wreck. Well, I don't really like Tiger as a person. Okay, well, do, do people just not deserve second chances to redeem themselves and to get better as people? Because I tend to think that people do. I don't know Tiger as a person. Um, to my knowledge, Tiger has never done anything really that bad. Other, and I'm not trying to minimize. What he did do, because what he did was terrible to his wife and to his kids. But that's that's the only person, the only people who he took a vow and made some sort of commitment to. And not to say that the sanctity of marriage or or people doing what he did doesn't have effects outside the family. Sure, it does. If we were all if we were all doing what Tiger Woods did. There'd be a lot of chaos going on in this world, okay? We can't all go around acting the way Tiger Woods was acting over those years. There would be problems in society, period, okay? But the people who he hurt most, the people who he broke a a trust, a bond with more than anybody, was his wife and his kids. And I responded to a tweet, the first guy who said something to you about, yeah, cheated on his wife, that's the type of role model we want, blah, blah, blah. My response to him was, well, the ex-wife and the kids seem to be moving past it, but this cut too deep for Kevin. You know what I mean? Like, how, yeah. how is it hurting you? How is it hurting anybody within the sound of my voice here more than it hurt Elon and his kids? If he's if he's and and if he hadn't done the work, if he was still just a terrible person, and his wife and his kids had sworn him off and said, "I still don't forgive him for what he did because he's still that person," or whatever the case might be. I'd have a hard time rooting for that guy, wouldn't you? Yes. If he was still estranged from his ex-wife and children, and it didn't seem like he had really changed as a person or it, learned anything would, from this, it would still it would still be a great story, though. Yes, I. I but it would be hard you, to root for him. The fact that his wife and his kids, yeah, his ex-wife know. and his kids, have him like he's he goes on vacations now with his ex-wife and yeah. and her new partner with the kids. So obviously. Whatever bridges were burned there have at least been mended to some point, which tells me he's done some work for that so to happen. The, so let it go. Let's forgive. And the thing that really, I don't know if you want me going down this road, but I'm going to go down this road. The thing that really irks me about the people who are still taking issue with what Tiger did is if you click on their bio, one of the first things you see is Christian. And the most Christian virtue is forgiveness. So let's let it go. Let's all forgive. The dude's obviously done some work to get his life back on track, to get in the good graces of his loved ones and the ones who he actually wronged and appreciate what he did yesterday on the golf course. And the most important thing to me, though, is if you're a parent, like I get I get where kids love athletes, right? Like you hit home runs, so you must be a great guy. But if you're a parent, the thing you got to tell your kids is, the guy hits home runs, and it's great to watch, and it's fun, and appreciate this person's athletic abilities. But if we go down the path of, well, you know, Johnny idolizes Miguel Sano, and now he's been let down, that's the parents' fault, too. So to, to me, it becomes very it becomes very unfair if you're saying, well, Tiger didn't turn out to be the person that I thought. You never knew him at all. What you knew is what he was, which was an unbelievable golfer. But if you don't end it there, that's your fault. But the idea that he may have redeemed himself as a person makes the story even better, right? Oh, absolutely. Because sometimes I can't tell. Absolutely, yes. If, you know, like I was watching with my girlfriend yesterday, we were just glued to this. And, you know, I, and they, the announcers kept gushing over what a comeback story. And, and she said, rightfully so, she said, well, I mean, the comeback story, but all of it was self inflicted. And I said, well, I think they're talking about the back surgeries. Correct. And like we and so we both we both heard the same line from the announcers and I took it as back surgery, she took it as all the stuff that happened in his marriage from 2009 that essentially blew up his public image. But all of that was in play and intertwined in the comeback story, right? Because the last time he won a major was before his family life blew up. And so the idea that not only did he overcome physical ailments to get back on top as a performer in a sport, but also overcame self-inflicted or not personal trials and tribulations. You, it, it just it it magnifies the. I guess it 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 multiplies the impact of the story to me. And I was honestly when I heard them say comeback story, I was wrapping it all in one package: the back, the personal stuff, yeah. all of it. And again, relate it to 
yourself, related to people you know, related to regular human life in the day-to-day for the rest of us who aren't Tiger Woods. How many of you out there haven't made a mistake that set you back in life? You know what I mean? And it takes it takes a man or a, a woman to pick yourself up, brush yourself off, admit you made a mistake, and do the work that it takes to come back from it. And I think that Judd is saying, like, tell your kids while they hit home runs. And I, I get what you're where you're coming from. I don't have kids, but if I ever did and they decided that role models were their or that athletes were their role models, I would say that's fine. They can be your role models, but just know that they're not going to be perfect. They're going to make mistakes. Learn from their mistakes. You, nobody's going to be perfect throughout their life. Somebody could have Tiger Woods as a role model, look at Tiger Woods, see the mistakes he made, and go, I'm not going to do that. But I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. The things he, the, the drive that he has to be great, the, the motivation that this dude has, the, 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 the focus, the, the, the willingness to put the work in to be, to be perfect out there on a golf course, which he damn near was for a long stretch. Those are all things to admire and, and to model yourself after, whether it's golf or anything else. And then you take the stuff that he's not so great at and you say, I'm going to learn from that. I'm going to try to avoid those pitfalls. He can still be a role model. He's just a, a human being who made mistakes. You can learn from the good and you can learn from the bad. Yeah. I'm so happy. I can Tiger Woods won the Masters. I can tell. Tiger Woods and won it the is, and it is a gr- And it is a great story. <laughs> it's, great. it's amazing. I honestly, I th- that was not a bit. I told you f- for years, I never thought that he would win a tournament like that again. I really didn't. Yeah. Well, I mean, for and he, he, said he was basically, a thousandth in the world. Ra- he was a thousandth in the world rankings like two years ago. Yeah. He couldn't get through a round anywhere without... Cringing. Remember that one summer? I think it was 2015 or 16 when he like he was out there playing, but he couldn't chip anymore. Yeah, he had the yips. He looked like one of us trying to chip on a par three course. Just like couldn't I remember, chip a few, anymore. I remember a few times he would just let go of the club and just, yeah. let, just when he knew it was a bad shot at the end of his swing, he just let go of the club and flip it up in the in, air. Like I don't know what I'm doing. In anymore. every facet, he was broken down. Yeah, as mentally, a human, yeah. physically, his game. Yeah, because you're right, the yips. How many guys Amazing. come back from that without the big putter or something silly, you yeah. know? And then he comes full circle and on 16 almost hits a hole in one to ice the tournament that yesterday. Was a, Just nice cold blooded Tiger Woods. Well, congratulations. Uh, Congrats, yeah. Phil. That's Happy for you, fun. man. No, I appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate it. If there's any other, if we can, if we, if any of us on this show have anything in the bag in terms of like childhood sports heroes that we need to now Is turn Gretzky our attention back? to for Gretzky. Is I Gretzky going to win a Stanley Cup? I think the only <laughs> thing I can compare it to, but it's not it's not the same because it wasn't the time in between, but Jordan retiring and then coming back. That's the only thing that... So that, basically, if Jordan can yeah. win a title with the Hornets as an owner, you're... No, still. I just mean as a player. When he left, when he retired, and I cried like a baby, and then he came back two years later, a year and a half later, and I cried like a baby. Um, (laughs) That's the closest, but that's not a 15-year span in between between the success and all the crap that he went through. So it's not even close. I can't think of anything even close in my life. Well, if you guys, we've got a couple people on hold, 651-646-8255. If you've got thoughts on Tiger, phone lines are open. Let's talk real quick about Federated Mutual Insurance Company which is reminding us all to drive safe. And uh, boy, did he ever yesterday, right down the middle of the fairway, Tiger Woods. Oh, the different kind of driving. Oh, I'm sorry. Tiger was hitting bombs with the driver. But uh, we're talking about driving in a car and being safe. The human brain is incapable of focusing on two tasks at one time. We cannot multitask. I know you might think you can. And now with new laws in Minnesota that make it, uh, it, that punishes us even more for picking up our phones in our cars, I think it's time to key in on distracted driving and some of the stats that are out there. 391,000 people were injured in accidents involving distracted drivers in 2015. While cell phones are the most talked about distraction on the road, there's all kinds of other things like the radio. That would be us. Food, drinks, passengers in the vehicle, all vying for our attention. Always make reaching your destination safely your number one priority when you're driving. Everything else can wait. Federated insurance. It's our business to protect yours. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North. Touch them all. The thing I keep hearing about Miguel Sano is he gets it when it comes to conditioning and nutrition. Do you believe that he gets it, Derek? It would be great for the twins if that's the case. But I think you're kind of just rooting for that. Look, it's possible that Sano has sort of had this light bulb moment, but we just can't know for certain until months later, maybe years later, in fact. I'm just a little bit skeptical right now after the number of times I've heard that. Dodge! 
Touch them all. Touch them all. Here, score north. Scorenorth.com. Thank you, Jonathan. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500scorenorth.com. We're going to talk with uh, Mike Golick, Jr. of uh, Golick and Wingo. That's coming up at about 440, 445 at 5 o'clock, Judd. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, there are details on the Adam Thielen contract now. I've not seen them yet. And it does not make sense. Oh no! We'll get to that at five o'clock. Oh, it does. So it doesn't go along with the uh, the Zolgat theory of how that was going to shake out. All I'm going to say is, after reading the details during the break, it does not make sense. That's coming up at five, and of course, Patrick Royce will wrap with Royce coming up at about five forty. We were talking before the break about Tiger Woods. Your reaction to him winning the Masters yesterday? Six five one six four six eight two five five. Or you can tweet us at SK. O-R North. Let's get out to those phones and out to White Bear Lake and RJ. You're on Mackie and Judd with Rami. What's up, RJ? What's happening, guys? You. Um, a couple of things that you touched on in the, the last segment that I think is funny because we have people who um, tend to cherry pick what they choose to be sanctimonious about um, with their, you know, with their heroes and their personas or whatever. Mm-hmm. So the same people that can criticize uh, Tiger Woods for his personal life are the same type of people that put a guy who cheated on his third wife while she was at home with his with their newborn with a porn star in the White House. So I think there's an interesting dichotomy about like you know the things that people tend to turn a blind eye to, um, and not to step on uh, Royce's toes for later. And I won't bury the lead there, but the difference between uh, we'll just say his name is BH, the guy who went over and won the Open um, after a near death experience in Tiger, is that you know. Tiger shot 85 at the Memorial, I think in like 15 or 16. Um, that's like 10 handicap, <laughs> 10 handicap numbers. He, like, he couldn't, he, he was blading chips at Phoenix into the grandstand. Like he's sending home run balls to fans. Uh, he just, he couldn't, he had, he had ruined his own golf game. And the fact that he came back yesterday at, at the place where it all started, uh, it was storybook in a way. And it was fantastic. And so I think the difference there. Uh, is that he had through, gone through all these ailments, but he also had to rebuild his own golf game after he had looked like uh, like a week at, like a like guy guy plays weeknights at loggers. Uh, so yeah, that's it. Thank you guys. Appreciate appreciate the call. Good call. Uh, I don't think we need to compare it because it's just a great story and and it's it has. I, I'm not a fan of of athletes per se now or golfers. Um, but I am a fan of great stories, and that's what this was. It's that simple. Did I think it was going to happen? Never. Did I hope, like Phil did, that it was going to take place someday? Not really. But as it unfolded, it was fantastic to watch. It was. Like, there's nothing about me today saying, oh, man, I was hoping he wouldn't have success because I said he wouldn't. He did. It is in every way, shape, and form, because he was broken down in just about every way possible, it is a fantastic story. And and it is what makes, it's one of the things that to my dying day, Rami, while I'll always love sports, because sports is one of the few things that can offer up what it did on Sunday, which is, for a moment at, at least, and I don't know if it's going to continue, and I don't know if it's even real, but the perception of the fact that this guy came back from basically being down and out in every way possible and, and found this day of redemption as a story makes sports special. Two little tidbits from uh, Darren Ravel and then a question for you, Judd. One, he just tweeted out 21% of all the televisions that were on in the U.S. from 9 a.m. Eastern to 2.30 p.m. Eastern yesterday were tuned to CBS and its live coverage of Tiger's Masters win. Twenty one percent of every TV that was on in this country, I'm buying that was watching Tiger. Yes, definitely. And there is one person who's happier about Tiger winning yesterday than Phil Mackey is. Danny Cunningham, William Hill, who was just presented in Wisconsin with a one point one nine million dollar check that he won from his eighty five thousand dollar bet that Tiger Woods would win the Masters. He said it was his first ever sports bet. I don't know. William Hill is the agency he bet through. Oh, William Hill. Okay, James. Okay, you're right. Yeah. I misread the tweet. James Aducci. William Hill. Yeah, so Hill's present, not thrilled. William Hill presented William Hill's him not the thrilled. check. William no, they Hill, are not. No. James Aducci is James thrilled. Aducci of Wisconsin. <laughs> you my know bad. what my question is? Where was Phil? Where was Danny? Manny. 
putting their hard-earned cash down. I don't think they had eighty-five grand to put down. I'm just going to guess. Uh, Phil's got a decent job these days, <laughs> right? Am I wrong? I mean, I don't know. He's in meetings with management <laughs> right now. True. Eighty-five grand ain't what it used to be. That's true. No, that's... I'm just throwing it out there that you know perhaps he could have put ninety grand down and he'd be a very rich man right now. My question for you is this: I said oh, I had the two that. tidbits and yeah, then the, and then my, the question. My bad, I got sidetracked. And this this has become one of those cliche sports talk questions and topics like the uh, the Mount Rushmore. And maybe people thought like Tiger winning yesterday would be the end of this, but I'm, I'm going to milk it for one more day if I could, please. Go right ahead. Do you think Tiger is back? Was this an aberration? Was this just a? Was this his the peak Tiger as far as where he's at right now in his career and the level of golf that he can play at? Or do you think he's back and we can get something close to what we saw this no, weekend no. at the Masters consistently? Well, to answer your question as simply as possible without belaboring the point, my answer would be no because the game has changed so much. He was. Do, do I think he can compete now for a while? Absolutely. But as far as being back, no way, because he was at his most dominant at, at a time when golf was very different and golfers were different. There's a lot of good golfers now, and there were a, a lot of guys on Sunday who choked badly, some of whom won't choke a- again. There was a time of intimidation on on Sundays when I think guys saw Tiger and fainted. I don't think that's going to happen now. Do I think he can contend again? Absolutely now, yes. But the man still has physical issues. He's 40 years old plus. The game has changed. So so do I think that this is a time period in which we can see him be successful again? Yes. Do I think Tiger Woods as we knew him is back? Absolutely not. Let's get in one more call on this, and then we're going to talk with Mike Golick Jr. Let's get in uh, Matt, who's in Champlain. You're on uh, Mackie and Judd with Rami. What's up, Matt? Hey, guys. Hey. Just wanted to comment on the um, – there's an amazing two-part – a uh, podcast series by No Way Enough that documents everything that happened from like '08 until basically up until the the year. And one of the craziest stats there is is that Tiger Woods was on the front of the New York Post one day longer than 9/11, which wow, Tiger, yeah, consecutively. So wow. I think it was like 40, 43 days to 42. So it's it takes Tiger to for golf to be talked about like this. So I appreciate it as I'm a huge golf fan. So thanks guys. And keep up the good work. Thank you. Appreciate it. How's Tiger on the cover of a paper longer than nine 11? Oh, for the post. I was at a thing. That's, even for the post. That's a little surprising. It, it is. But, but if you think about it long and hard, it's really not, unfortunately for the post. But um, yeah, I mean, it is as I watched that. And, and again, I think I'm like you. I'm certainly not Mr. Golf Guy. Right. But I saw that the coverage was going to start at 8 or so. I tuned in, and I was pretty much drawn to it the rest of, of that time. I, I went to the Twins game, so I watched the end there in the press box. But And, and golf, listen, I don't think golf is dead at all, okay? I, I think golf, is golf as popular as it was in Tiger's prime? Absolutely not. But I don't think that that means that golf is not popular. And I do think that there's a lot of good golfers. But Tiger Woods, and I've always said this, in my opinion, Tiger Woods is our Babe Ruth. Yeah, he changed, I can see that. He, he completely changed, changed the he game. He changed, and, and as good as Jordan was, and you love him, right? Mm-hmm. And Jordan, in some ways, changed things, certainly. I don't know he's Babe Ruth. And just the, I don't know he's that guy. The separation of Babe Ruth from everybody of his era is is very comparable to the separation of Tiger Woods and everybody in his era. There were people closer to what Michael Jordan was when he was playing than there were people who were who were that close to being what Tiger Woods was. He dominated that sport that much. Well, he was head and shoulders better than anybody around. And Jordan got good, but basketball basketball wasn't awful. And in fact, Jordan played into an era where the game itself was was not consistently attractive, right? Like Tiger came up, and you still had Craig Stadlers. You still had guys on the course smoking, and it, that didn't make them bad golfers. But Tiger comes up, and as you said before, he's an athlete. Right? He's hitting the ball forever. He's doing things that that we basically didn't think possible, and. He was Babe Ruth in the fact he dominated that sport and people gravitated towards him and gravitated towards his sport who I don't think ever previously cared. Do yeah. you? 
No, I don't. I can't think of anybody else in my lifetime who's had that kind of impact on a sport and dominated it that handily. Yeah, and like, scared people. Not in my lifetime. And he right. scared people. Yeah. Like on Sunday, I'm not joking. On Sundays, people would choke because they said, "Oh my God, Tigers in red, and I got no chance." Yeah. No, he. It was. It was. He dominated the field in every way possible, mentally, physically. He was better than everybody in every possible way. Yes. He and and he changed he changed the sport to get the sport to where it, it is today, and because of that, it's not going to be possible for him to dominate like that again. But a lot of that is on him. Yeah, I think he was the first guy where people were like, "I got to go work out now." <laughs> how no, seriously? How many times previously do you think golfers thought to themselves, "You know what? I got to do today? Go to the gym." John Daly still hasn't had that thought. We're still, and, I, and you know what? God bless him for that. I love John Daly because he's pounding cigarettes, he's eating chocolates, and drinking Cokes like they're going out of style. And attacking pins. That's what John Daly does. That's what he's good at. It. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. We're going to talk with Mike Golick Jr. of uh, Golick and Wingo coming up in just a few minutes. But before we do that, I want to talk to you about my friends at Surter Pro Painters. All right, folks, as you know, I often express my frustrations about our local teams, right? Well, let me tell you about a team that won't let you down. Those are the folks at Serta Pro Painters. I'm thrilled by the job they recently did at my house, making our guest room and bath look like new. And two words come to mind when I think about the work that uh, my friends from Serta Pro Painters did. Professional and thorough. And now it's your time to contact the folks at Serta and feel the same satisfaction I did. Perhaps you need a room or two painted, or perhaps the exterior work on your home needs to be done this spring or summer. And guess what? It's warming up. I mean it. I think the snow is gone. So if you need exterior work on your home done this spring or summer, it's going to be very possible. It helps that each sort of pro painter's business independently owned and operated. So it's right here in your community. I urge you to schedule your free estimate online at certapro.com. Or by calling 800-GO-CERTA. Secure your spot now on CERTA Pro Painters' spring painting schedule. Slots are going to fill up fast. Find out for yourself the type of quality that you get from CERTA Pro Painters. Again, get your free estimate online, CERTAPRO.com. Or by calling 800-GO-CERTA. That's CERTA with a C. CERTA Pro Painters, what they like to say is, we do painting and you do life. Bullock Jr. in a second, but let's uh, check the traffic out in the Twin Cities right now. 35W southbound over Minneapolis. There's a crash between Washington Avenue and 3rd Street, as well as a crash 35E northbound. There's a crash between Minnesota 5 and Randolph Avenue. Sign your business up for the 29th annual Dress for LLS campaign and enjoy casual Thursdays all May long. Businesses across the state will be coming together in May to join LLS in the fight against blood cancers. For a minimum of $5, participants earn the right to dress casual or in a company theme. For more information or to register, visit scorenorth.com. Keyword LLS. Boys? It's Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500. Minus Mackie, but I'm Rami. Judd Zolgad alongside and joining us now. You hear him every morning right here on Score North on the Golick and Wingo show. He is Mike Golick Jr. How are you this afternoon, Golick? I'm doing good, guys. It's been a little while. Good to hear from you again. Yeah, it's it's been a minute, and it's a uh, it's a good time to get you on to talk about the uh, the Wingo Cup, and we'll get into that in a second. But also, just just a ridiculous sports weekend between what Tiger did yesterday, the the NBA playoffs. I'm guessing you didn't leave your couch for at least a good six hours, if I know Mike Golick Jr. No, exactly right. Between all of that, we had Game of Thrones in the evening, then on Sunday. <laughs> I have abs- I'm going to have to check and see if I still have the insurance policy on my couch because the crater that I put into that thing with my body cannot be understated. It is truly a devastating day for my couch. Okay, help, help me out here because I'm an old guy, bordering on 50. Game of Thrones, what makes it a must-watch? Uh, I think it's a combination of a lot of things, but... I think deep down we all kind of want to nerd out, and Game of Thrones gave us a cool way to do that. Dungeons and Dragons is always kind of the thing people would use to mock people for being nerdy. But secretly, who doesn't love the idea of sick dragons and magic and stuff like that? And then when you throw into there, you've got all the political aspects of it. You've got dynasties. You've got all the power dynamics at play in all this. So it gives you enough of the smart things. 
to match the fact that I think we all just really like dragons and stuff. I know some people have sort of a, a death pool going when it comes to Game of Thrones as far as which, which character is, is going to get it next. You got anything like that going or any predictions about who's going to end up on that throne? Uh, I have no death pools. I'm actually one that kind of almost roots for the anarchy in a lot of this. And <laughs> uh, Again, not to get too deep into the weeds, but the White Walkers basically represent like this world-ending force. <laughs> And I'm, I'm in a weird way, find myself rooting for those guys because all the characters in their own way are super flawed. And then you just have this one thing that wants to come in and kind of railroad all of it. And wouldn't that be justice at the end of eight seasons for all of it to be rendered meaningless by this massive walking death force? Okay, truthfully rank these then from, <laughs> from the past couple of days. The Masters and Tiger, NBA playoffs and various sporting events, and Game of Thrones. If you were to truthfully rank the enjoyment... How would Mike Golick Jr. rank them? Uh, I would go Tiger number one. I would go Thrones number two. And I would go everything else a distant third <laughs> in a lot of this one. And you know what? Going into this weekend with Tiger playing on Sunday, I already knew the one-two was going to be close. But to be quite honest, there's a pretty large gap between Tiger and episode one of Game of Thrones also just because we got the payoff. Like, we finally hit Paydirt on this Masters thing that we've yeah. been whispering about and hoping about for two years now. Were there tears shed? Uh, I got a little misty eye, but I didn't full-on cry. I mean, how can you not? The image of father and son where father and son once embraced in the very different role with Tiger and his father. We know back in 97 and then now Tiger and his son uh, uh, to complete it so many years later. I-, I feel like that for everyone was part of why this moment was so big. Like, Tiger is just a vessel for all of us to kind of project our feelings and our relationships and golf's one of those sports that it it just seems to bring generations together in that way maybe because you can play it for so long maybe it's easier for fathers and sons and grandparents and you know mothers and daughters to play later in life but there's just something weirdly unifying about it that made that moment really cool for a lot of us speaking of the uh, sport of golf the wingo cup is going on right now on golic and and uh golic and wingo on espn radio three winners each with a guest will uh join a foursome with golic wingo and uh mike golic jr at pinehurst resort in june it's going on through april 14th all you got to do is tweet at golic and wingo your best or worst golf bet use the hashtag wingo cup contest now our guy phil mackey he's not here right now but he he grew up a tiger woods fanatic and i think you're in the same age range as as mackie was he a big part of your childhood the same way that he was for phil did this bring back memories for you of a young mike golick jr oh it was a huge part i I think that's what it is too is like tiger was he was my introduction to golf the same way i always say when we talk about major league baseball the steroid era players were my childhood that's why them being left out of the hall is so jarring to me tiger woods was my childhood and really a lot of my young adulthood in golf and so he represents that time. So there's absolutely a nostalgia play in this. Like, what a cool thing for a generation of us who have been talking about Tiger to kids younger than us who have no idea to get to point and say, that's a taste of what we dealt with week in and week out when this guy was in his prime on tour. It's something I can't think about another sport where you'd really get the opportunity to do that with someone that's considered maybe largely the all-time great at what he's done. So, yeah, absolutely, he dominated my childhood. And he scared people, too. Like, I, there there was a time when, when in the uh, 90s, into the early 2000s, Golic Jr., where you'd watch a golf tournament on Sundays, and he'd be wearing that red, and guys would, like, run. It, it was like football. Well, and that's the thing is Tiger brought an athleticism and, and that sort of intimidation that usually wasn't reserved for the space of golf. Like, it's just not a sport that is catered to that level of ferocity within its game. It's a very proper game. It's a very formal game. There's all this, you know, honesty and honor and all that stuff to it. And Tiger said, no, I'm going to come out here and I'm going to look like an athlete. I'm going to train myself like an athlete. And I'm going to go out there on the course and I'm here to win. I'm not here to talk to you or be friendly. I'm not an overly likable guy in a lot of ways. And we saw that throughout his career. But none of it mattered because he was a competitor in a way that any athlete in any sport could easily identify. Does this rekindle hope that he can uh, chase down the majors record? Oh, absolutely. I mean, listen, we're all prisoners of the moment, but it's hard not to when you see how close he's been to. And I think for me, what made me confident in that, because I was part of the camp originally that said, there's no way this guy's ever going to do it again. When you saw him coming back from back injuries, just because 
My brother's had back surgery like that. Tyler Eifer, who I played with, had that spinal fusion surgery. You see how difficult it is for guys to just live after that, let alone play sports at the highest level. But when you heard Tiger and the confidence he had talking before the Masters saying, look how close I've been in all the majors last year. Look at how many Sundays I was a part of and right within a couple of shots of the lead. I'm right on the cusp of this. I just need to get over the hump in a couple of those instances. And we saw those big clutch shots again, and that felt like a culmination of what he had been building. So why am I not going to believe him now when he says he can build toward more? So, Golik, help me here, too, though. We immediately got, you know, all of the Tiger fans who were excited by what transpired at Augusta, but we also got the pushback of, well, he's not a good guy, and he did this and and that. And I totally get that. But help me out on this, because I've covered sports for a long time, and I've told people, if you adopt an athlete and and see that person beyond beyond the field or the ice or the course, and you begin to think, you know, I, this is my hero, I know that this person, that's a you problem, because we don't know these people. And, and if you admire what they do athletically, I think that's fantastic. But when it jumps to a point of, and this person is a great person, I've always said, slow down, because we do not know that. No, and, and even now, like when you talk about redemption from that side, yeah, it all fits into Tiger having to build himself back up as a player. I don't know if Tiger Woods is any better or worse of a man or a father or a husband than he was before, and that's not my business. Those sins were his. They weren't criminal. They were sins with him and his family that we all saw because of how pro- high profile he was. You're right. I, I always enjoyed the idea of being a role model because you have so many eyes on an athlete, but that's not a requirement. That's not some sort of prerequisite. And you choose to do that with people you don't fully know. Sometimes you get the blowback of that. So I hope Tiger's figured that out for his sake and for his family's sake and all that. But that has no bearings on how I view Tiger as a golfer. And really, because of how great he was, Tiger Woods is an event. Tiger Woods is a time period in my life. He's bigger than just a person. And so if you try and assign all these personal values to that, you're going to get burned because, like you just said, most of the athletes, if you pull the, if you pull the open the hood up, on a lot of the athletes you think you know, you have no idea what these people really are. And I've been in enough locker rooms to know that what you see in public is not always what you're going to get. And you talk about being in locker rooms. It's almost, it's all, I know it doesn't seem like it, but it is almost football season with the draft right around the corner, Golic. And, and I know every year you're part of the big fantasy football extravaganza over there on ESPN. It's like a 24-hour marathon of fantasy football talk. Do you know what's in store for that yet in terms of what your role will be this year, how they'll exhaust Mike Golick Jr. in talking fantasy football? You know what? I'm hoping they do it the way they did in the uh, ESPN Tournament Challenge marathon that we did for the bracket for March Madness. We had a 24-hour marathon again that I had been a part of in the past, and this year I only had to do a couple-hour stint on that. I'm hoping at this point now, maybe we were in the graduate program for Fantasy Island. Like maybe we come in and instead of doing all of the coursework leading up to it, I just need a few office hours in there. Come back in, make sure Shefty and Matthew Barry haven't keeled over and died yet in there, and then I can go back to sleep and get on my merry way because I got to tell you guys, I'm getting ready for my 30th birthday in September, and while I understand that's young in the landscape, I have been feeling it after three years of those 245 wake-up calls, so I'd prefer to not do all 24 again. You're still only 29 years old? And you're complaining about being tired? Yeah, I feel like you've been on my radio and TV for like 15 years, Golic Jr. (laughs) I'm not quite sure why. Maybe that's where I get to say I've aged in radio years then. So maybe my body is 29, but my radio persona is already a little older than that. So I I saw that this with you, I think it was on SI.com last week, but it was so good. You've got to uh, tell the story again. You were talking to the host, and you said the Golics are akin to whom? This was fantastic. I said the Golics, and this is a conversation that, that didn't just come up then. This happened amongst my family. We are the bootleg longs, you know, Kyle, Chris. Howie, Howie Jr., Diane, we are the dollar store longs, and I think it fits on way too many levels, unfortunately. You know what? While we're talking about the Golics as a family, I was watching Lebetard this morning, and I heard something very disturbing, Mike. Stugod said that he became an honorary member of your family, essentially that your dad adopted him by making him eat a piece of paper with a picture of one of his brothers on it, one of your uncles. He had to eat a picture of your uncle to become a mem- uh, an honorary Golic. Is this true? And is this something you guys oh, yeah. do regularly? 
Uh, this isn't something we do regularly. We try and make sure that the ceremony is reserved for only the elite. So you can imagine we sure. were surprised when Stu Gatz made the uh, cut for the ceremony. <laughs> but, no, he did this live on back when it was Mike and Mike and Stu Gatz was filling in. He did this on air. So I think somewhere we've got documentation of this. And, and I mean, guys, he, he did it to completion. Like, I saw him swallow paper with a bunch of inkjet stuff, inkjet toner wow. on. Like, that cannot be good for him. If no. you guys hadn't already poisoned himself for so many years with tequila and God knows what else, I'd be worried about him, but it was it was heinous. Stu Gatz is a radio genius, Golick. That's all I know. He is a radio genius. As a proud alumnus of the School of Broadcasting, I can attest to that. He's somewhere between genius and completely insane in the best way possible. Right now, the Wingo Cup is going on. Three winners and a guest will join a foursome with Golick, Golick Jr., and Wingo at Pinehurst Resort in June. It's going on now through April 14th. And all you got to do to enter is tweet at Golick and Wingo your best or worst golf bet with the hashtag Wingo Cup Contest. Have you guys gotten any submissions yet? Do you have any great or terrible golf bets that have already been submitted? Go. We've seen some really good ones in there so far, and we're not anywhere close to picking yet. We've, we've you know, kind of assured people, take your time. We want these to be good. But I think my favorite one from today was a guy had a scheduled vasectomy that he was supposed to go do, oh, and his wife didn't want him to do it. She wanted more kids, and so he had the vasectomy scheduled. She convinced him, go golf with your friends that day. He goes, needless to say, it ended up in hers, and they pan back on the camera, and he's sitting there holding a new baby. So the effectively <laughs> turned golf outing ended in a new life for this family. So he's an early front runner for sure, but we've had a lot of good entries. That was definitely one that stuck out, though. I'm not sure that's a, a brilliant trade-off, but that's just me, perhaps, and I don't have children. <laughs> yeah, no, listen, it was certainly a, an interesting decision, but again, it's a testament to one thing. Guys really enjoy golf, and their wives always get their way. <laughs> Very good point. Very good point. And I'm assuming that if a, if a guy does win this, his wife will probably be the other part of that foursome, if she so chooses, if she's a golfer. Again, it's the Wingo Cup. Three winners and a guest will join a foursome with Golick, Golick Jr., and Wingo. It's going on through April 14th. Just tweet at Golick and Wingo. Your bet, Golick and Wingo, I should say, your best or worst golf bet. Just use the hashtag Wingo cup contest for your chance to win it is mike golick jr catch him every morning on golick and wingo right here on score north on 1500 thanks a lot golick always appreciate it man see you later thanks guys and there's mike golick jr joining us always fun to catch up with mike golick jr that's a heck of a last story he told <laughs> what would you what do you think judd round of golf to raise a child for 18 years at no, least. No, is that, is that not, a fair, you. not a fair trade-off in your eyes? No, right. not a good trade-off at all. You know what else isn't a good trade-off? This uh, contract extension that I'm... the Vikings just gave Adam Thielen and uh. Kyle Rudolph reported to off-season workouts with a message for Vikings fans. That's mm-hmm. next. You're listening to Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes, I'm Cologuard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive result should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you. Or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in. 